the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program, we're going to shift gears a little bit this hour and talk about a uh, new digital content news site, The Tilt, with my guest this hour who joins me by phone, Mark Maxheimer. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Thanks. Well, tell me about The Tilt. Um, the Tilt, we are a, um, it's a, it's a, like you said, a digital news site, but we're also, um, a, uh, education site. Um, we are working on educating, uh, content entrepreneurs. Um, you know, everybody hears about the content creator and, um, we are actually want to take as many of those content creators as we can and through education, let them build uh, a business and build their audience and become self-sufficient um, as an entrepreneur. It's um, not a case where people can just put content out there and people will stumble across it? Um, no, you know, I think a lot of people hear uh, about the word content creator and they think of you know, the influencers and the social media stars or the, the viral TikTok that went or the viral uh, YouTube video. And we um, really want people, we want to turn people who do the, what love to do this, they have a passion or an expertise, and we want to take them and show them how to build their business and how to grow the audience. Like you can, you can put your content out there, but depending on what platform you're going to use or how you're doing it, it's it's just sheer luck that someone's going to find it. Um, we're all about having, getting people and teaching them um, how to kind of niche down and find a very specific audience. And 
one of the main things that we we teach uh, at the tilt is that you, it's not enough to just put out a cooking channel, right? There's a million pieces of content about cooking. Well, you need to stand out in some way so that you're filling an audience need. And then by filling that audience need, you stand out, and then more and more people come to you that way. But which comes first, um, the, the content or the audience? Um, you know, when you say if there's a, there's a need out there, should people be trying to develop content to fit that need or find, uh, or, or find the kind of content that they're good at providing and, and find an audience that needs that? Um, actually, it's, it's a mix of both of those things that you said. You know, the whole the audience or the content first. They kind of they feed off of each other. Um, we, we one of the things that we teach is it's called the sweet spot, and you want to take it's the intersection of what you're good at and what you have a good knowledge base and your expertise is in, and then what the audience desires and what they need. And when you find that intersection, then you have found your sweet spot, and then you can target that audience. Um, and then over time, organically, it will grow because they will realize that you're you're putting out content that they want, and they will naturally start to come back to you because they trust you and uh, you are giving them the information that they need. Um, so it's it's a kind of like I said, an intersection of both of those. Well, I've mostly done radio, but in recent years I've been streaming my show online. And I, I can tell by, you know, watching some of the... Uh, and analytics that there are some guests that I have on my show that attract more than others um, and and I'm not sure because my analytics aren't this specific um, I, I know that when I do music shows um, I have one kind of audience when I do politics shows I have a different kind of audience but both um, I, but I have a couple of segments I do every week that always spike a little bit. And, and so I, you know, I have some sense. But I remember when I was uh, at a, a local uh, AM station in, in Flint, and um, a guy from the FM side said, uh, I remember when we were a radio station with a website, now we're a website with a radio station. <clears throat> Right. That's, that's, that's true. It's definitely, things have definitely changed. And, you know, a lot of the stuff um, that we're talking about and teaching people and the tools that we're using, none of this, you, this creator economy and uh, content creators, it didn't exist 20 years ago because of what you just, you were talking about. There was only like eight things you could do, like fax, radio, TV commercials. So this ability for people who want to create content and, and do something and or have something to say, it's much easier for them to get their content out there, um, whether it's the social media or the uh, an owned platform. Um, we're very big um, at the tilt about, we did, we did a, a big research project and we're a couple of listening to our audience and uh, one of the big things that we, we found is that we content creators and content entrepreneurs who really want to make a business, they need to have what we call an owned platform, which is like a newsletter or your website like you were talking about or 
um, courses that they can take um, or a blog because then they're in charge of that. They own that. They don't, they're not dependent on anybody else. You know, we all, we've heard about Facebook in, in the news and, you know, the big bag, big company, but the, the, it comes down to that if you're putting your, your content on Facebook, due to their analytics and all of their algorithms and everything, like you're only going only about 1%, 2% of your audience is going to actually see your, your content on a regular basis. So if, I told, if you told a business that only 1% of their customers were going to hear about them, they'd tell you that that's crazy, right? So with, with a, an email newsletter, which is one of the things we do at the Tilt, we do a twice-weekly newsletter, you can get an open rate on your email of 25 to 50%, which is you know, a 25, uh, 25 times gain on what you would do with Facebook. Well, that's huge. I, I remember uh, direct mail campaigns where... Two percent was considered pretty good. Yeah, like uh, that's that's we we shoot for um if uh, we shoot for anywhere between twenty five to fifty fifty would be you know the the absolute top um and and along with this you always are, are hoping for more subscribers uh, we've and we've been going since about March and about we're over eight thousand subscribers um, our goal is to get to ten thousand by the end of the year. Um, and it's, that's one, we own the newsletter and people keep coming to us, um, because we have great content in the newsletter. When you're talking about, uh, what kind of news are we talking about? So we, um, focus on this content creator economy. Um, so we, we in our newsletter, we'll, um, have articles or, um, tips and tricks, uh, articles about something that is impacting this creator economy. Um, and then we also will have little tiny news blurbs and kind of give our take on it um, about in terms of looking at it through a content entrepreneur's lens. And then we also highlight um, a case study and show to show other people that are interested in doing this, here's somebody this is what they're doing. This is how they grew their audience. This is how they became successful, um, and kind of give and lead by example and show everybody out there that, that you can do this. This is doable. And and when you're sharing this information with content providers, um, is it is it about form or substance or both? Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's. We, we want to give them uh, tips and tricks on, let's say, writing. Like, as, an, as an, a content entrepreneur, you need to be a writer even if you don't think you're a writer, whether it's a newsletter, your website, a blog. So um, we'll, we'll give out tips about writing or th like the nine strategies about writing. Or uh, on, our, on our site, we have a bunch of a list of tools for content entrepreneurs, whether it's um, search engine optimization or, like I said, writing and editing or the business side of it, some business tools, editing tools. Um, so we want, we want to become the, uh, like a one-stop shop for content entrepreneurs. They can get some news. They can get tips and tricks. And we're going to launch our education components um, by the end of the year and um, they, and then they know they can come to us for resources, training videos, um, and then also we're, we want to build a community of 
the entrepreneurs so that they can network and, and connect with each other um, and learn from each other as well. So it's a little bit of um, like substance and form, I guess you'd say. When I started, uh, when I put my website together just a few years ago and started streaming on the, on the website, um, I, I still have a radio station that carries my show every day. And I still think of myself as doing a radio show. I expected more out of the website, but I'm not really a business guy. I, you know, I'm I'm proud of the content that I produce, and and I don't mean to use myself as as an example. Well, I guess I do, so I can get some free advice. But um, <laughs> but but Mark, do you understand what I mean? I think there are people that are tremendous content providers. And they put it out there, and if it doesn't do one of those magic YouTube viral things, they're just stuck there doing the same thing day in and day out. Yeah, so, you know, that's one of the things that um, in our research report that we did, um, that we dropped on our, on our website, um, we, we interviewed about 1,400 of these content creators and content entrepreneurs, and... Uh, really wanted to listen to what, what they want and what they need, and um, they all kind of felt, there's a lot of them that kind of felt the same way that you did. They weren't full-time. They're kind of part-time with, they, they love the content, and like you, they, they have something they love to do, they're good at, that's their expertise, but they don't quite know how to grow the business. Um, and on top of that, when you are a content creator and trying to move into being an entrepreneur, it's it's scary because there's just you can go through a lot of time without any kind of revenue. Um, we discovered that it's about if you just start as an entrepreneur, or content creator, entrepreneur, it's nine months until you get your first dollar, and then um, another twenty-six months, two years till you can support somebody full time. So we really believe that through the education that we're going to do, the, the training, um, we've, we can cut that time in half, which is, and show people how to get their content out there, how to grow their audience. Um, we, we really are big believers also in you do one thing really well. I think a lot of um, content creators, they kind of feel like, I know I, got, I just got to get my, my content out there. I just got to get as many people to see it. So they're trying to do Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and do YouTube videos and do a podcast. And we believe that you need to do one thing great. Be great at one thing. And then as, as that, that will allow you to be consistent with your content, get it out there, and, um, and then your, that helps build your audience. And then, as that you once you've built the audience, you can start to diversify little by little, kind of based on what your audience is telling you and what platform would fit. Um, so yeah, it is it is um, it is tough. That's why we felt this um, need existed. Mark, and I have to interrupt kinda, here, and and I apologize, yeah. but I need to go to a break. Can you stick around for a few minutes oh. so we can talk some more? Oh sure. All right. Sure. My Sounds guest good. is Mark's Maxheimer or Mark Maxheimer, rather, from uh, The Tilt. And we're going to talk about uh, The Tilt and um, 
digital content, news sites, and, and more when we return. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. 
she calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, the Tom Sumner Program continues now with our conversation about a new digital content news site, The Tilt, with uh, Mark Maxheimer, who joins me by phone. Mark, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no, the, the commercials were fun. <laughs> I like the one about the car warranty. It was great because we've all gotten that phone call. <laughs> that, that's, that's actually, that is our actual attorney general in Michigan. Oh, it, it was a great commercial. I was laughing to myself. <laughs> she's got several of those PSAs that she's uh, put together and, and put out there, and, and they really are fun. And thanks for, and thanks for saying that. We were talking a little bit about uh, content providers who might not be necessarily great business people, and um, I wanted to pick up from there and ask. Um, a, a lot of times, there's there's a lot of advice out there about what platforms to use and um, how to generate interactive uh, uh, content and platforms and you know do all of these different things to reach more people Um, but a lot of times uh, I would think content providers and I know that this happens in a lot of small businesses they're so busy providing the content and doing what it takes to do good content that they don't really have time. Are, are there are there resources? Are there people that will um, take on uh, a content provider like a like a client and do some of those uh, some of those steps necessary to reach audiences? And and I'm asking for a friend. Um, you know, <laughs> it's 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 that's, that's an excellent question. I the, the part of the. Part of the, the issue with that is, and this is what we, we found in, in our research report, like people that are starting out or even a small business, they're trying to create their content or, and they're, they're, trying, they're, they're focusing on that, but it takes a lot of work to run a business. Like it's, it, there's so much other stuff to do um, on top of focusing on growing your audience. I'm sure there's people out there that would love to help you. The problem is, is that is a, a beginning entrepreneur or a small business owner, you don't have the cash flow to hire somebody to do that, right? So it's that total um, balancing act of is it worth hiring somebody to help? Um, this and this is why we we really um, are, are pushing our education component because we want to. We're following a, a business model called the Content Inc. business model. Um, which a lot of these content creators and um, p- people out there, they're, they're self-taught, right? They, they don't know much about business. They don't know how to grow the audience. And so we believe that we can cut some of these timelines down. You know, that 26 months to support one person, we believe we can cut that down through teaching them um, ways to accomplish some of the things behind the business, um, growing the audience, um, and being consistent, doing all of that, and so that they don't have to spend as much time um, figuring it out on their own, which is going to cut that timeline down, and then that way they can get to a point when the, their, their revenue starts coming in, 
that they can then um, work on hiring somebody else if they want, or they will then have a good business plan in place. Um, part of our education component is also going to be um, teaching them and uh, kind of how to run a business, about how to hire a freelance worker, how to hire um, a, an artist, or how to work with other people um, and other business tools on, on the back end side of it. Um, because it is it is tough to do this, like you're like you were saying. It's it's there's so much that goes into being a business owner um, and an entrepreneur. You've got you definitely have to have a drive to do this. People that that are doing this are are not lazy people. They have a drive. They want to go out and and do something and make something. Um, but it is it, it's a lot of hard work. You're right. One of the things that's been really uh, difficult for old fossils like me. Um, is is transitioning to making money online and it's it's something that that a lot of people even even younger people that are just starting out really aren't sure how to generate revenue they can get stuff out there they can get people you know they can attract attention they can get numbers they you know they can get clicks but how how do they how do they monetize that? What are some of the ways that people can generate revenue? Um, no, there's many ways you can uh, generate revenue. Um, one, one of the, the big ones that um, is obviously, you know, through a sponsored link or an advertising in your email or on your website. Um, another, another one is um, you can have some free content that you give away. Um, or like we, we are, our newsletter is completely free, um, but there are some newsletters out there that it's, it's premium. You get some for free, and then it's a subscription model for um, the, the rest of their newsletter or whatever content they have behind their paywall. So you can have um, subscriptions. You can also have a, what's called an affiliate program where you are um, working with other people, you know, working with someone else who has – uh, an audience that's similar to yours, um, but that way, but not exactly the same. And but they might be interested in your content, and so you kind of partner up with them um, because you're. If you let's say you're selling an online class or something, you're both you're both getting money that neither of you would have had um, in the end. So it's it works out, and both of you are being able to um, build your audience. Another big one is. Um, you know, holding conferences and events, giving people, and I granted this has been a little tough in the past year and a half, but this is in, normally a big one and hopefully we'll get back to that is conference and events where all of your audience can come together and actually network and meet each other and learn um, and and then you can uh, build build an event such as that. Um, you know, there's, it's, you can uh, have speaking fees. There's There's plenty of ways to build revenue, the problem is, is like you said, is that a lot of people, they just don't know all of this, right? Um, and so that's... Well, and, uh, time, we, is, we and time is a factor too, Mark. It, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to, um, like if you have underwriting and sponsorships, you, you know, you have to manage the copy or the production if it's audio and... Um, you have to do the the sales and and then there's you know banking and accounting and all of these different things 
when what people are really hoping to do is get their content out there and and just attract a lot of people that are willing to chip in a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like we 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 kind of there's like two classifications of people who are creating content. There's the people who are just doing it as their like side gig, their part-time thing because they 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 just they want they like to do it. And they like you said they want to get it out there and hopefully make a few dollars. Um that's that's great. Those people are doing that and they um <clears throat> They they're making a little bit of money. Um, it the the audience that we are are talking about in are the the ones that want to make it their full time gig. Um, and it to make it to make money off of it, you ha- off your content. It has to be full time. And you're right, it's hard work. Um, and it actually in our, our research showed that you know they only really spend thirty to forty percent of the time actually creating the content. You know, and, and out of their time, the rest of the time is like what you're saying is doing all the business stuff that goes along with it. So it's it's definitely a grind to be um, trying to make a li- make a living and being an entrepreneur. Um, but the the potential for great reward is also there um, in, in the end. So yeah, I've always done a, a three hour radio show and. Whether people listen on the radio or online, it's it's the kind of thing that can be sort of listened to in the background while you're doing other things, and um, and and I've always been curious if there is a magical length for online content presentation. <clears throat> Oh man, I don't know. I guess that is like the that is a magical number that you're after there. Um, I don't even know if I if 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 I don't think that there is. Um, we like our tilt the tilt for example. Um, we are taking um, we're doing education um, training videos. Some of them are like four or five minutes, and then some of them are fifteen twenty minutes. Like it's it's going to it depends on what you're doing. I and it depends on who your audience is. Like you said, like you do this three-hour radio show, and, and I do long format. I do long format interviews where people get to talk for a little while. It's not, you know, right. just a few sound bites. Well, exactly. I think I think it goes back to that. Like this is this is you do the long interviews where you can really get in depth to people. I've done other interviews on like a morning show where I had like seven minutes. You know. Right, so it's, right. I think I've it all depends too. on, yeah, I think it all depends on what you want to do and what fits with what your audience likes. You know, there's a certain audience that it doesn't like the longer interviews, but there is a huge audience that does. Like, it's, it really comes back to if you are creating content, the biggest thing you have to do is listen to what your audience says and be willing to change with your audience and change what you had don't i think a lot of um content entrepreneurs and creators and even business people go into and they're like you know i have this i i create this content or i sell this thing and i'm going to to do it but then they don't listen to what their audience <laughs> is saying and then they don't understand why it's not working there's um, a funny the, the sto- audience a funny story oh, about that mark i i had somebody telling me once uh when early on when i first started doing the long format interviews said um 
You should make your interview shorter because I was listening in the car on my way to work and I got to work and I was parked in my spot and I couldn't get out of the car until I heard the rest of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. How, how do you uh, take that? that? You know, I know it's that's 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 you. That is a great problem to have because you have an, a, someone who loves what you're putting out there but yet it doesn't quite fit in with their lifestyle. I, I, to that point, though, I really think that the, the longer interview format is, is becoming more and more popular because look at the popularity of podcasts. Yeah. I mean, most podcasts you listen to are at least a half an hour to, to an hour. Um, uh, you know, and I think that it's, that's, it's the, people like to get invested and hear a little bit more than those like two-minute sound bites. So. Right, exactly. Well, that's that's been my my thing, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback about it. Um, but the thing that I'm uh, curious about is, um, well, I lost my train of thought, so I guess I wasn't as curious as I thought. Um, <laughs> no, but in uh, but in all seriousness. Uh, Oh, I know what I was going to ask you is if the potential audience for online news content, well, any kind of uh, digital content, has grown during the pandemic because more people are spending more time online. Um, I I think that it, it has a little bit um, because of, like you said, everyone is at home. Um, I also think we, we in our research report showed that um, over uh, over half, about 54% of the people we interviewed said that they have be decide, made the decision to leave the traditional workplace or to focus on their content full-time, and it was because of COVID over the past year and a half. Um, I think you're seeing that a lot of there's going to be a lot more um, content creators and people who are like, you know what, I really liked the, the freedom and the independence, which is something our research showed, too, that I think it was 70-some percent, 78 um, percent said the benefit, biggest, the, the best benefit of being um, a content entrepreneur is the independence, flexible, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> flexible work hours, and to do it. And I think a lot of people really, when they were working remotely from home, realized how much they enjoyed that and have made the decision not to go back into the office and to try and do something like this. Um, and so that's what, like I said, what we want to do is we want to take those people who don't, who are just starting and be like, hey, we can help you. This is what we're going to do. But I, I do think you're right. I think there has been a lot of people, the, the, the demand has gotten, is there. And I really think in the next year and a half, you're going to see a lot more people who are in this boat putting out content and trying to make a living at it because of the past year and a half of our lives. But doesn't the presence of more content providers uh, create more of a challenge to cut through and, and find audience and get noticed? Um, it, it does. You are, you're correct in that. Um, that's why we I believe in the, like, you know, kind of tilting and the, the tilting yeah that's where our name the tilt comes from is tilting your perspective and tilting a little bit so that you stand out you know um i used the cooking example earlier like you know you have a cooking channel well um 
there was uh, one of our one of our case studies. She knew the the she was a stay at home mom and she wanted to be able to to do cooking, and but she realized there's a ton of cooking channels out there. So she then started um, making baking and making impossible cakes and impossible desserts, and she would make replicas of like a Snickers bar, all this stuff, and that's what stood out because she was just you're looking for that differentiation so that you are you stand out just a, enough that the audience notices you and you realize that you're doing something a little different and then they keep coming back to you i i used to um when i would talk with people about uh business we we would talk about trying to be different and better um how much is being different and how much is is does quality play a role? Um, you know, I think I think quality always plays a role because if it's not good, I mean, if, if it's <laughs> if it's not good, they're not going to come and listen to you. Like if people got on your radio show and it was just n- nothing intelligent, nothing good, and it was there was nothing there and there was dead space, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't come back. Um, I think in addition to the qu- quality. You have to be, cons- especially when you're creating content, you have to be consistent. Um, and so that makes a, a, a role, too. I mean, with your radio show, your consistency is built in because you have your three-hour time slot, right? Right. Like, it's, it's, it's built in. But, I was, you know, I was looking at your, your site before I came on, and you have a definite, you do three different interviews in your three hours. It's a definite, consistent thing people can count on. And they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to listen to the second hour today because that's all I have time for. But they know that they're going to get. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle at times with that consistency because they're not – they're like, oh, I'm going to put out, you know, a newsletter every or every other day. And then it, that becomes unmanageable because we're going back to the, our time discussion. You need to come up with a consistency, a plan, and a calendar of, so that you're consistent, but it's manageable. Um, if you're only going to put out a video, a training video once a month, that's 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 great as long as you're consistent with it. I, you know, and we put out our newsletter every Tuesday and every Friday, so that our audience knows that Tuesday morning they're going to get up. That newsletter is going to be in their mailbox, and they're going to open it and they're going to read it, and they can count on that every Tuesday and Friday. <laughs> for, so I think that I did a blog. Oh, I did a blog for a few years, and I I put it up every. Uh, Sunday morning at, at I think seven o'clock and every once in a while I would run into a you know a Sunday where I'd be a little late getting it up and I'd get email from people hey where was my oh, blog yeah. this morning you know I poured my they, coffee they, and... will, they will let you know I, I have that I read a fair amount of newsletters in the morning and sometimes it's a little late and I'm like well this is this is the time I'm supposed to be reading that newsletter. Where is it? You know, it's, it's like it's like parking in the same parking spot at work. Like, it, it's it's just humans are creatures of habit, and so if you can figure out a way to get into that habit of theirs um, with your content, and and they know on every every Wednesday I'm going to watch this video by my favorite creator, and if you set that up and it's not there, you lose that part uh, with your audience because part of being a content creator and then an entrepreneur as well is that you 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 need that authenticity and this and the transparency of you know this is who i am this is what i'm creating 
and you want to build that trust with the audience, and you part of that is through the consistency. Is is it still important to have uh, uh, in this age of of being able to view? content, uh, stream television programs anytime and all of that, is is the idea of appointment consuming still a thing? What, what do you mean by appointment consuming? Well, it, I remember um, I would always try and get home on, I think it was Wednesday nights by 8 o'clock to watch The West Wing. Oh, I yes, yeah. And like now, the, yes, I now if I miss it, I just stream it the next day. Um, you know, I think you're right. I think that 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 kind of um, you know, every when I was a kid, we every every Friday night we had our TV shows we watched, and that's what you did on Friday night. You you know, you, you stayed you, you watched your TV shows, and um, and uh, yes, you're. I think you're, you're right. People used to kind of schedule schedule their lives around that appointment for their content. Um, but now it's content on demand. I think that that is the way it is. I mean, that's, we're seeing that with TV. You're seeing that with social media. You're seeing that with um, even like, you know, my, my, the, the newsletter example in your blog that we're talking about, that, that's when we did it. And it, it wasn't that people, that's just we were consistent with doing that. Um, but it was, But they also knew that if they were late that day, they could get they could still open it so i think that the consistency might need to come from the the creator side um and, but in terms of the audience and everyone else everybody it's it's not as important because it is an on-demand society well i'm really enjoying this conversation mark but we're almost out of time and i always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about um yeah this is is there a website? Yeah, it's called it's thetilt.com. Um you can go on, you can see all of our past articles. Uh we'd love it if you would subscribe to our newsletter and check us out. Um and especially if you're a, a content creator or thinking about becoming a content creator or an entrepreneur, um looking for some advice and, and um just go to thetilt.com and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you can see our research report. You can get on the website and see all of our tools and our past articles. There is a ton of information on there. We've got a great team at the Tilt, um, and um, I love I love working there and love working with them. And we're excited to help as many people as we can. Well, Mark, it's been a real pleasure. And and one of the things I love about doing this show it's it's always amazing how fast the time goes. <laughs> oh yeah, I was, I was forty five minutes. I'm like, what are we going to talk about? But it was. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Well, and I appreciate you spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. Mark Maxheimer from The Tilt. And uh, keep up the good work, Mark. All right. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Again, that was uh, Mark Maxheimer from The Tilt, a new digital content news site. And... Uh, we're going to let our broadcast partners, if you're uh, streaming us at WFOV 92.1 LPFM, our voices radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. And if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we'll come back with the final segment of today's edition of the uh, Tom Sumner Program. And um, 
it will probably we're probably going to squeeze in a little bit more local music about cars in honor of back to the bricks going on um the uh um Let's see what have what have they got? Oh, they've got the Motown concert tonight and tomorrow hey. and the big show. <laughs> no, I guess they're cruising tonight. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Jonah Bodie. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. We used to steal the wheels off of baby coaches to make go-karts. Now those of you that don't know what a go-kart is, a go-kart is made from wood that you take old orange crates and stuff like that. And, and uh, there's a, it's shaped like an eye, like a big eye. We'll stand it up for you. Uh, a board goes across this way, and then one goes down the middle, and then one goes across this way again. Then you have to make an axis so you can make a left and a right turn, hammer, uh, hammer down rope and everything. So you can make a left and right turn. Then you need wheels. You've got to have baby coach wheels. Got to have them. Nothing else will work. So we used to go out at night stealing baby coach wheels. <laughs> 287 baby coach wheels we stole. The odd wheel was because Old Weird Harold had a Continental on the back. <laughs> and uh, you get in your, get in your old go-kart there and just sit in it and just pretend that you were driving all over the country. And you gotta have your own music to, run, to ride your, your go-kart. That was my music. I took mine from the from the, the Rough Riders. Old Bird Harold took his from the Lone Ranger. And Crying Charlie took his from the Green Horner. We had about three million kids all racing with their own music. And so the cops heard about our stealing because the mothers reported, there are kids out here stealing our baby coach wheels. Every morning we put our children into the baby coaches, push them, <laughs> the coaches don't move. Children look up and say, why me? <laughs> so we had to hide them. And uh, we waited two days for the heat to blow over. And we brought them out Saturday. Saturday morning, go-kart championship of America. And we're out there, all of us, full force, 300 kids out there. And we're warming up our, our go-karts at the top of the hill. We had a race on Dead Man's Hill. It was called Dead Man's Hill because it went straight down for about a quarter of a mile and then it emptied out onto a freeway. <laughs> Henceforth the name Dead Man's Hill. And uh, we had everything. We had, we had guys that would make uh, pit stops and everything. If your wheel came off, guys would grab it and put it back on. It uh, to have a two-hour pit stop. 
you know, because it takes a long time to hammer out the nail, straighten it back out, and then put it back in with a rock. You know, you can do it with a nail and a hammer, a real straight one, but you can't do it with a rock. Good. And we had a fireman, a little kid, three years old, used to follow us running down the hill. Had a cup of water in his hand. Whenever you went bad, he hit you in the face with, you know, and put you out, run back up. He was fast. So now we got the go-kart championship of America, and we're all warming up. I'm warming, I'm, I'm warming up my go-kart. Hadn't even gotten out of first gear yet. Old Weird Harold's warming up his Rolls Royce. His sounds like this. And his old crying child. And the kid came out with his father's underwear. He took black shoe polish, made some squares on him, and he waved him. They're off! We're going down the hill. And I'm winning by six inches. Right behind me is old Weird Harold. And he's gaining on me. It's almost like a four-way tie for first place. Old Weird Harold shot past me. Gotta catch up with him. Reached into my pocket, pulled out my trusty can of three-in-one oil. Zoomed ahead. One of the kids went off to the side and actually boosh right in the face. Got him. And I look about 20 feet from the bottom of the hill and I see 900 cop cars waiting. I went to my emergency brake, which is a piece of wood. Push it forward, it'll stop you if you're going about one mile every five weeks. No good. Put my legs down. I gotta stop. The cops are gonna lock us up. No, no. We smashed up 905 six-year-old kids on the ground crying. Oh, oh, the cops are beautiful. Gonna scare us to death. Pull the guns out. We'll shoot them down right here. Kill all of them, boy. Crying Charlie broke. The cops pulled out the cuffs, put the handcuffs on us, and it backfired on them because her wrists were so skinny that as soon as we put our arms down, they fell off. <laughs> hey, Mrs., the, the things fell off of us, but we wasn't trying to run away or nothing. We was just standing right here. Honest, don't shoot us down or nothing, but they fell off of us because our wrists, and so they thigh-cuffed us together, and that's the way we went to jail. ta dum ta dum ta dum ta dum this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. The Tom Sumner program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Al Hatch with Back to the Bricks, and you're listening to the Tom Summer Show. Stream us live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon at TomSumnerProgram.com, made possible by listeners like you. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation.
it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all of my guests today. Mark Maxheimer from The Tilt talking about uh, the new digital content news site The Tilt and uh, before that a fascinating conversation about the uh, uh, Un-American Activities uh, Committee in uh, the 1940s and 50s and uh, the blacklist and, and Hollywood with the author of Radical Innocence, a critical study of the Hollywood Ten, Bernard Dick. And uh, started out this morning with a very uh, interesting but serious conversation about uh, Michelle and Jason uh, Frazier's efforts to... Um, get the Senate to act on the Modernizing Seatback Safety Act. And a uh, very interesting uh, conversation. You can go back and listen to conversations on the, uh, on the website archive. Anyway, I will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. In the meantime, Tom good night, Sumner everybody. The Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and pencil sketch recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.